everyone welcome to the digital adoption show by whatfix we are the folks who practice and preach digital adoption and whatfix is one of the leaders in the space and through this podcast we bring to you thought leaders who help organizations upskill their human resources train them and all the things possible about how to make you successful and uh, you know ensure a seamless digital adoption and learning experience and uh, in the podcast throughout um, we'll also talk about all things that matter about digital adoption digital transformation organizational change management technology adoption and user experience i'm your host gokul suresh from whatfix and it's my pleasure today to welcome our guest emily sheets let me give you a, give a quick intro of you as well for the audience all right so emily is a learning professional with more than a decade of experience designing and developing innovative learning solutions for clients such as uh, american red cross nielsen sanofi and moe hennessy She is currently associated with Independence Blue Cross, the largest health insurer in Philadelphia, as a learning consultant for the Operations Academy training team, where she spends most of her time on projects aligning to business strategy, leading digital learning, and interfacing between clients and the design team. And also, uh, interestingly, Emily is also the host of a popular L&D podcast called the L&D Forecast. So, yes, once again, Emily, <laughs> welcome to the Digital Adoption Show. Thank you so much. Yes, really excited for this conversation today and um, to learn more about you and uh, you know your your strides as an L and D practitioner. Thanks, Gokul. Okay, so uh, to kick start, um, you know Emily, first thing I would like to learn more about you, and you know I'm sure that intro might have been a little bit smaller. If there's something more that you want to share for the audience and also about your podcast, the L and D Forecast. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No, I'm uh, so thrilled to be here. I have to say I've listened to a few episodes of this podcast and I am blown away by the level of knowledge uh, that you've had on your podcast and the things that they've thoroughly enjoyed the episodes and took notes while I was listening. Um, so yeah, I am super humbled to be here. I, uh, yeah, I have a podcast myself. So it's called the L&D Forecast Podcast. And, you know, it's a, it's a hobby. It's certainly not what I do professionally, but um, it's all about, you you know, learning and development, where are we going? Where are we now? What does the future look like? I mean, I get so crazy as to think about, you know, what L&D is going to look like, not just a year from now, but like 50 to 100 years from now, right? What are human beings going to be doing for work and how are we going to get them ready to do that work? So, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, science fiction. So, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to just kind of fantasize about the future and, you know, get crazy and, and try to build towards that future. Um, and that's really, you know, what the L&D forecast is all about is just this outlet for me to uh, pontificate <laughs> on our industry and where it's going and, you know, what are all the cool latest and greatest things that, you know, L&D practitioners are doing nowadays and where are we heading in the future? I mean, that's just an amazing hobby, uh, Emily. I mean, you're doing a service to the entire community ultimately, right? I mean, you're hosting the right folks. You're talking about things that, uh, you know, interest everybody in L&D and, and the future of work. Yeah, I mean, that's the hottest subject now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a cool conversation to be sure. Yeah, and, and one podcaster to another. I mean, uh, what do you think are your pet peeves when it comes to podcasting? I mean, mine definitely is obsessing about the audio corrections in the post-production aspect. What about you? Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's so funny you say that. So it's been a few months since I released my my latest episode. So, but look out for season two. It is coming soon. Uh -huh, I'm, I'm working uh -huh. on content now, but uh, it's actually kind of a similar thing. So the last couple of interviews that I've done, I actually use an, an app called uh, Anchor, 
to record my podcast. It's an amazing um, platform. I highly recommend if you're at all thinking about starting your own podcast, use this. It's a great kind of beginner avenue into the space. But uh, I noticed that at the end of some of my episodes, the audio mixing was getting just a little bit funky and like probably most people wouldn't notice it, but it was driving me crazy and uh, I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So I was hoping that maybe it was just kind of some kind of bug on their end and that, you know, they'll, they'll fix it by now. So I have to do some tests to make sure that that uh, gets corrected. But that that is a pet peeve of mine. I, I I want it to sound good. You know, there have been podcasts I've listened to that I got really excited about. I'm like, oh, I, I love this person. I want to hear what they have to say. And, you know, the audio quality has not been great. And <laughs> it really messes up the experience. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be perfect, right? But if it's low, if the voice is whispery or it's tinny, you know, it's just not a pleasurable experience. And, you know, you have a voice. That is the entire experience. And if it doesn't sound clear and good, then it, it all kind of falls apart. Absolutely. I mean, it irks me out too, you know. <laughs> I totally yeah. get you. <laughs> All right. And then um, let's talk more about your current organization and uh, responsibilities there. You know, I mean, what is that, um, let's say, the operations academy training team? I'm really curious about that. And also, uh, what all do you do at your organization currently? Yeah, so... Uh, at Independence, we have a federated model. So there's an enterprise learning group. And then for each like kind of area of the organization, we have our own, what they call academies, right? And they're all responsible for the learning and development and training of those different functions. So, you know, um, you've got underwriting has one, you've got sales has one, and then operations. And we are uh, big because <laughs> we got a lot of people in our group um, and our sort of primary um, focus or quote unquote client within operations is the call center. So we're talking about like a thousand agents um, that we're responsible for. And, you know, with a frontline employee, you've got a lot of training sessions, you've got a lot of onboarding, you've got a lot of upskilling. So we are a busy, busy team. And then, you know, what I do personally uh, essentially, like I interface between the business and um, and our learning and design team. So the trainers and the the designers, um, I try to get a, a sense of what the business needs. And then I work with the team to develop a learning solution for the business. And I just kind of keep those projects moving forward. And, you know, obviously, I, I have this uh, obsession with, <laughs> with all things digital. Um, so I, I tend to lead on those projects and, um, you know, just kind of getting our team, um, you know, more and more into the future, more and more into technology technology and how it can solve challenges. Got it. And uh, and what are these projects generally? I mean, there's so many things happening and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, there's tech savvy people, there's non-tech savvy people, there, there'll be a bunch of mix in that sense, right? So how do you, how do you deliver those uh, learning projects? You know, this is by far the most diverse audience population I've ever dealt with in my career. I mean, you've got people where this is their first job, um, you've got people where they're coming back from retirement and, you know, just want kind of, you know, something to do uh, post-career. So you've got all these age ranges, you've got all these ranges of experience. So, I mean, and technology savviness, it's it's really all over the place. Um, so, you know, the majority of our time is really spent in, in new hire, uh, and making sure that we're getting people, uh, onboarded and understand what a very complex, so independence, um, is a health insurance group, right? So, 
uh, <laughs> anybody who's listening who knows anything about health insurance knows it's extraordinarily complicated. So you've got people coming in who are like most of us where we know a little bit about it, um, but you come in and you have to learn a lot. Um, so really, it's just kind of this this fire hose of information trying to get you ready to be able to take these calls um, so we spend a lot of time making sure that all of our materials are, you know, up to standard and um, new hire really gets everybody prepared. And then, of course, you've got people moving into different specialty areas and, you know, we're trying to upskill people and, and continuing to try to grow and develop them, not only to, you know, be able to answer customer questions, but also in their own careers, right? Mm -hmm. Some folks, you know, really want to stay within the call center and that's their space and that's their strength and that's what they love to do, um, you know, so they can move around in there, become supervisors, managers, so they can stay right where they're at and just become like awesome, you know, customer service reps, or maybe they, they get interested in other areas of the company and, you know, what can we do to support their growth in order to get them ready to move into those different positions? So tons of projects and, and not to mention, right. So I would say probably 90% of my time currently uh, is spent on meetings and uh, working on this particular project where we're totally revamping the call center software, mm -hmm. um, which is a giant, giant task that I've been on for over a year now. So um, all hands on deck for that and uh, lots of interesting work to be done. Got it. And all of this is happening during the entire pandemic. I mean, you said... Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So how's that uh, whole change management aspect? I mean, pretty much everybody's at home and, uh, you know, getting used to it and rolling out a new software. Wow. That's, um, yeah, that sounds scary and uh, very, you know, intriguing as such. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. But yeah, it's um, it's a challenge in and of itself to get everybody up to speed and transfer everybody on a on it onto a new software. Let alone, so the interesting timing of it was, you know, we knew going into it, okay, this new software is coming. Um, it's like really the mainstay application um, that most of the reps use. And we were developing, 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 and then the pandemic hit. So we were going to be developing for an in-person training and then the pandemic hit and everything had to be changed. We had to totally transform it into a virtual experience for them. Um, but I got to say, like, I'm very impressed uh, by the quick pivot that our team, our designers and our trainers did um, literally overnight to get ready for that. Um, it was literally a month we had to finalize all the materials and get everybody through the training. And it was it was tremendous. So, uh, you know, uh, recent times, whichever L&D uh, leaders I've spoken to, I mean, I've, I've asked them this particular question itself. I mean, you said everything worked well, uh, the team was really cooperative, but was there a model that you actually found that works over them? I and is it like a scalable model, even in the current hybrid environment? Um, so, you know, a couple of things I, I think of. Our team really needed to be adaptable, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like, I don't know that there's necessarily a model. It's like, you just kind of have to know, like have these soft skills, like adaptability and willingness to like, like simply try things. You could call it like a scientist mindset, right? So adaptability and a scientist mindset. And from there, really everything happens naturally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of different models for hybrid learning. And, you know, do we, you know, in the future when people are back in the office, do we have, you know, 
mixed classrooms where, you know, there's some people are locally there and the, within the classroom with the trainer and then some people are remote. There's lots of stuff, you know, and honestly, I think there's going to be a little bit of a wild west moment as all of this kind of shakes out and shakes down and we're not all just remote. Um, but if you don't have, you can have all the models in the world, all the frameworks, all of like the best practices and tips, but if you're not ready to be adaptable and try things and learn, like you're, those, they're going to fall flat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think coming from a digital adoption industry, I mean, that's why I'm curious about this part. You said it's a diverse crowd and it's a technology that they're adopting ultimately. And, you know, getting people to utilize technology is never easy, right? Especially doing that over a Zoom call or even after the entire e-learning setup that is there. So how did you tackle that friction particularly? It's, you know, it's funny. Um What I think surprises me the most is I used, I honestly used to have this belief and I think it's a myth, but it was one that I fell for. And I'd be really curious what your experience has been too. And and really anybody who might be listening, I used to think that young people equals tech savvy, Mm -hmm. older people equals not tech savvy, right? Like, oh, we got to handhold a little bit there. They didn't grow up with computers. They didn't have one in their back pocket since they were five years old. Mm -hmm. But what I found is through, you know, anecdotal experiences, I I don't have any real data on this, Mm -hmm. is that really isn't true. Uh, You know, my my wife, she's been in, she went back to get her bachelor's and, you know, she's in class with, you know, 20-year-olds and she was the one having to figure out how to use Zoom when they all uh, were doing online classes, uh, you know, for, for her school, for her degree, you know, her her classmates who are much younger than she is were like, we, I don't know how to present my screen. I don't know how to like mm-hmm. do a breakout room. I don't know how to do. And she would tell me this and I'm like, really? I, I would have thought that just naturally they would have found the button, clicked the button, tried things like, but there was this hesitation and it wasn't just one time. This happened multiple times. And then you've got this other side of the spectrum where I, I just heard this story this morning, which was uh, nice timing for this podcast, right? <laughs> um, where there's a, a, a participant in, a, in one of our classes right now who came out of retirement and is is learning a new system is is um you know we're doing an upskilling right now uh about a, a different kind of system and and she's whizzing around this system I, I don't know exactly how old she is but if she's gone through a career and now come out of retirement to come back into the workforce she's not a spring chicken right mm-hmm. so but here she is whizzing around the system and knowing it and going faster than the trainer and i'm just like so impressed by that so you know to me it's really less about Oh, I, you know, grew up with a phone um, or, and I know all the buttons and I, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm ready to like use an iPad and, you know, all this cool technology and stuff. I think it's really more about like, am I adaptable? Am I getting in there and trying things and not afraid of technology and not afraid to fail or push the wrong button, you know, because mm-hmm. I know I can go back. So, you know, and then I really want to say this too. Um I think a lot of people are talking about all oh, the challenges, the challenges of of the pandemic and digital transformations in the pandemic. There's yes, there have been challenges. And I think that's why it's the question on everybody's mind and, and what we like to talk about. But to me, the challenges are so overshadowed by the opportunities that I have seen. Um, you know, the opportunity that we've had since March 2020 to digitally transform as a company has been huge because now leaders, associates, and everybody in between, they don't have a choice 
but to adapt to this digital workplace. The only way that they can do their work is on their laptop, the majority of the company, right? People in the mailroom and, and other people that have to be on site, of course, are a different story. But the majority of our workforce, we're all still remote. We The way that we get our work done is on our laptop, at our desk, or at our kitchen table. And there is no, you know, going into the office and like, oh, I got to print this thing out and I'm going to go to this meeting now and I'm going to build my relationships with these people over here. And I'm going to avoid sending that email or sending that chat because I don't really feel comfortable, you know, using that technology or sending emojis. I don't really know what all that's about. So I'm just going to go over to that person at their desk. Mm -hmm. And now you've, you've really just been forced into um, you know, this, well, you don't have, you can't be technically not savvy anymore. You got to have some skills behind you. You have to have some willingness to engage with technology, to get your work done and to, to stay a good employee and to stay connected with your team. So I just see opportunities everywhere to really start to mind shift in general, um, people's comfortability with technology, but also L and D, you know, I was listening to the, the, um, the episode that you did with Beth Loeb Davies and something that she said was so, so cool. Right. She talked about the self-referential flaw. I'm I'm never going to forget it. I like wrote it down. I want to get it tattooed on me. Right. Because it's this challenge that I have faced my entire, um, career where, you know, leaders have this experience with learning, which is in the classroom, Right. So she talked about, you know, the self-referential flaw where, you know, leaders are referring to their own experience when they think about learning. So when they interact with somebody from a learning and development department, the solution that they're thinking of is in the classroom because they think about that professor they liked, they think about that workshop they liked. And so if you try to come to them with the digital solution, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) That's not learning. I don't know what you're talking about. I had this amazing professor and he taught me about blah, blah, blah. And that's what I want, you know, my team to do. Um, now we don't have that option. We've really been shaken out of this in-person mindset. We've really been shaken out of, oh, we have to do it in the classroom. And so our minds have been forced open to all of these opportunities, to all of these, these things that we can do that are new and magic and awesome. And I, I love the kinds of conversations I'm having now versus um, what they were before. I love that uh, thought process, Emily. And I'm really glad that you bought uh, Beth's um, self-referential flaw, that aspect here. No, I mean, uh, in a way, it's an observation from my side as well. Um, you know, back in 2019, there used to be so many articles written specifically for millennials or uh, Gen Z on how the learning has been changing for them. And um, I think 2020 kind of hit a reset button over them and it just leveled the entire play field for them. I mean, irrespective of whether you're baby boomer, Gen Z, whatever you call it. I mean, ultimately you had to adapt to that situation and that's how you grew, right? I mean, that's how it's going to be in the hybrid setup as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, so I'm thinking of something, um, about sort of this shift, right? And it's reminding me of the cultural norms of being in person versus being remote, uh-huh. where, you know, when we're, we're hyper local company, independence is like Philly, uh, Philadelphia, it's, it's, it's very hyper local. And, you know, all the relation, it's a very relationship focused company. We, you know, we want to get together, we want to see one another. And then the pandemic hit. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, how do we interact with one another? Do we go on camera? What is this, what is this teams thing? Right. And there's this whole, you know, training around teams, but you know, you can, in a training for something like teams, you can talk about where the button is. You can talk about how to create a breakout room. You can talk about how to use a poll, 
but you don't really talk about the cultural norms of a meeting. Whereas, you know, in person, you had the cultural norms of the meetings in person, right? Where, where people sit and who speaks up and right, right. And who's in the room, but teams was the wild west. Do I go on camera? Do I put something in the chat bar, the chat bar? Am I okay to put a, a GIF? right? I know it's pronounced GIF officially, but I say GIF, I like it better. Um, so do I put a GIF in, in the chat bar? Is that okay? Like, is my director going to not be okay with that? Right. So there was all of this really kind of cool stuff happening with that and a little like humbling moment for me. So I like to think of myself as like this very, very like future oriented technology person, like, you know, I'm very proud of that. And like, I'm always on mute um, when I'm not speaking, but there was this big like company-wide panel discussion, kind of not really a training, but more of like a, a session talking about a topic and hundreds of people in there. The moderators were people that I really respect and want them to respect me. And right as the, the meeting was really getting going, the panel discussion was really getting going. I got a, a grocery delivery, right? Modern problem in modern pandemic times, right? I got a grocery delivery yeah. and somehow I got off mute. And so I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking my groceries, making so much noise with these brown paper bags. And all of a sudden I see this little flash come up on my computer. Like you have been muted. And I, when I tell you, I nearly melted into the floor. I had been making so much noise on this giant, meeting and just felt so silly. So yeah, lots to get used to, but it's okay to make mistakes. You know, you'll be forgiven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm still uh, freaked out about, you know, reacting to things uh, on even a Zoom call, right? I mean, raising a hand or, you know, even the smileys over there. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like what is okay? You know, I, I think we still don't fully know we're getting there as far as, you know, what are, what are we okay with? What are we not? Um, but yeah, like, do I, do I wear a nice shirt with this meeting with this particular person? Do I wear a t-shirt? Do they care? It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. And, and, um, there's all the, uh, also the other side, you know, the tech glitches, which is there, <laughs> right. I mean, yes. just uh, last week. Um, so we had a, um, team lunch, uh, again, I mean, uh, I've been promising my team parties for a while now and, uh, you know, it's all coming down to a virtual team lunch as such, uh, or virtual team dinner. And everything was set up. The virtual team lunch happened. Uh, I joined in, started the meeting, and then my internet conked off. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Good timing. So, that sounds yeah. about right. And I mean, I was just, uh, there was some repair going on, something happening at the provider side. Uh, yeah, that, that happens a lot in India. So, so yeah, gotcha. the whole thing went throughout. And I think uh, an hour and a half, I was completely without internet. And uh, the lunch went really well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they all had the fun and you know every, everything like that you know see this is nice. something that happens on a regular basis and there's a technology yes. aspect to it um there is a that anxiety aspect to it yeah new normal right absolutely yeah we're, we're in good company <laughs> yeah okay anyways uh emily so i i wanted to actually touch base on another one aspect as well we've been talking a lot about what's happening now but um you know also before independence um you know before the current company um, how did you actually come into the L&D ecosystem and uh, what were the things that you were really into um, since, um, you know, la- last decade or so? Yeah, no. So I have kind of unique backstory. I got my English degree, um, you know, from, from Temple University here in Philadelphia and 
I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. Everybody was like, oh, you're going to be a teacher? Like, what are you going to do with that? I was like, oh. <laughs> and something happened my last semester. I took an intro to advertising course and fell in love with the idea of, you know, communicating with the public and getting them to do something. <laughs> I just thought that was fascinating and just there's so much psychology behind it. And it was so, so cool. And, you know, right around the time when I was graduating college was when, um, you know, uh, like Facebook and Twitter and social media was really being born. Right. I was coming out of college at this really unique time where, you know, companies like Nike didn't even have a, a Twitter you know, so it, it was just this crazy new dawn of marketing and advertising. So I got interested in it and I've always been interested in technology. And I started going to these industry events with my English degree, still not having any idea really what I wanted to do. And I met my, uh, my boss, who is the, my, my previous boss, who's the, the president of uh, this company called Sealworks. And they um, essentially, you know, they build custom, um, you know, technical uh, solutions, uh, primarily in the L&D space. So I, I met him at one of these industry events. Um, we got along really well. And he was like, hey, I have some projects. If you, you know, are interested in um, working on some, you know, let's let's work together. And uh, so I started there and absolutely loved the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I got to do and, and what we got to do was go to go to learning and development organizations within companies and say, what are the challenges you're facing and what's your big dream to solve them? Cause we can build that for you. And it was such a unique and cool offering because we got to design solutions from the ground up with really smart L and D organizations who wanted to dream big, who wanted to try new things, who had unique, um, you know, challenges that really only a custom solution could solve, right? So we're talking about specialized learning platforms. We're talking about, you know, you know, onboarding courses that for many years had been in person, now taking them online. Um, you know, we, we built those things. And so I really come from, you know, this background at Silworks, which is super digital forward, um, you know, so that's how I kind of grew up in my career, mm-hmm. in my little baby career. You know, I never had to say no to a client. I mean, there would be conversations about budget and how long it would take to build something, of course, and you'd have to kind of navigate that. But, you know, I never... I always dr- was able to dream big. There were no restrictions. We could develop video. We could develop animations. We could do this. We could do that. Um, and it was such an awesome thing to be a part of. And so, you know, it's it's definitely a unique experience to be on the uh, on the client side of things now, you know, where we are working within budgets and we are working within, like, here are the tools that we have to build things. Um, you know, how do we make this work? And, and I still can't help but think about the big problems and the big ways that we can solve them. And, you know, I, I think that's probably um, what I'm the most vocal about on my team is like, hey, you know, we have this giant software application that we're trying to train. You know, why, why don't we explore some of these digital technologies that are specially built to solve some of these challenges that we're facing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you guys at WhatFix, like, we, you know, we have another um, partner that that we work with, uh, M-Level, soon to be most likely Exonify. And, um, you know, uh, there are real technology solutions that we can pull from and draw from that solve these challenges that we have now. And, you know, the biggest one that we face is with this software implementation 
you know, they, we launched it officially, but now there's monthly enhancements. So how, how do we, we can't pull a thousand people off the phone every month and train them on these new enhancements. How are we going to handle this? You know? Um, so real challenges that, um, that we're facing that, uh, you know, we really need to figure out big solutions for, and we can't think traditionally. So, yeah. Really interesting story, Emily. And, you know, something tells me that uh, if, if you were not an L&D professional, you would have been a marketer. <laughs> I, I might have been. I might have been. It's, it's a fascinating space. It really is. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and, you know, just to add on to that, uh, I had another question that came across my head. Um, you know, you, you mentioned so many different, uh, I mean, you've gone through so many different techniques and methods of uh, learning. And, you know, what are those favorites? I mean, let's say top three. Uh, which, which pretty much, you know, that sticks and works. Mm, okay. So as a learner myself, when I think about learning technology, so a lot, like I, like I kind of mentioned, like I was kind of talking about, I come from a digital first background. Mm -hmm. So Silworks is all digital. We, we didn't even provide any kind of VILT solution. We would partner with people who, who provide that solution specifically. So virtual uh, instructor-led training, um, we didn't provide that. So I, I grew up digitally and, and I've gotten really comfortable with my own development by, by not going to school and taking classes, right? The past <laughs> several years, the way that I've learned about technology and and data and, and personalizing learning and all these things that I'm really fascinated about. I've learned from podcasts and books and conferences and webinars and magazines like Fortune and Harvard Business Review, you know, so I, I've kind of self-curated this totally digital, you know, for lack of a better word, school experience, um, you know, and, and not just sort of soaking in from these, you know, content mediums, but also, you know, holding myself accountable by creating a blog, by starting a podcast, by attempting to learn as much as I can about these things and applying it back on the job at my job, right? So as far as my favorite kind of, you know, learning technologies as a learner, I know what works great for me, right? I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have gone to, to Google and said, Google, how do I fix this issue that I'm having with my heating unit? You know, I know nothing about heating. I don't need to know anything about HVAC. I don't need to take a course in HVAC. I need to know how to fix this problem that I have now. And guess what? In three seconds, I know how to fix the problem, right? I mean, if it's a deeper problem, obviously I got to call in a professional, but you know, there's some basic things that I am empowered to do now because I have these incredible resources at my fingertips and that's in, you know, in my real life. And it's also in my professional career. I have these powerful, powerful resources that I'm able to access. So all of that being said, because those are my favorite ways to learn, I, I can't help but use those in in my job and when I'm trying to provide solutions for other learners and, and associates within their own careers. I, I think you asked about like technologies and what are some of my favorites there, right? Like just yeah, I mean, in, uh, kind I, of, in, I, yeah. I was asking particularly, I mean, I, I, I totally relate to what you said, Emily, because even I do that a lot. <laughs> so Google, <Right? laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure even the audience in general, I mean, that's like the go-to thing. I mean, if you don't yeah. know something, Google it first, <laughs> right? Um, exactly. And, and, and the technology aspect, particularly, um, I mean, I was coming to that because, um, I mean, the learning technology is booming, right? There is uh, LMSs, there's LRPs, 
LXPs and uh, what fixes digital adoption platform. There's so many different aspects, uh, new technologies, which is coming to, you know, um, pretty much uh, cater to enterprises, SMBs, you know, irrespective of the size of the company, it's all about employee experience ultimately, right? So that's why I was really curious, what, what actually works for you? Right. What what have you tried? Um, what are the things that um, you know that you have, you think that uh, sticks very well? Awesome. I love this question. So, first, I'm gonna I'll get into a technology that we've really kind of expanded and, and grown um, within our own organization. But I, I have to mention this this other little technology first. It's not exactly what you're asking about, but I literally can't help myself but mention it. So. Mm-hmm. There's this company, um, it's this awesome new AI technology by a company called Synthesia. I think that's how you say it, S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A. And basically, you feed this, this Synthesia, this technology, a video script, and then you select a realistic-looking AI person who reads the script into like a camera, you know, and then you have different backgrounds that, you know, you have the AI describe what's going on in the background. So, so basically like you have a talking head who's explaining something, a video and behind them, or maybe they're just speaking the camera. They're like, Hey, welcome to independence. We're glad you're here. Here's about our company, but this is not, this is not a real person. This is an AI. (laughs) So, and it looked real. It, It absolutely looked real. And I had no idea this technology existed. Did you know this? Did you no, know about this? I'm looking at the it's, website right now and I'm, wow. Yeah, it's so awesome. And the the beauty, it removes so many, you know, friction points that you might have with video, right? Where mm-hmm. if you're talking to a client and they're like, we really want a video. We're like, well, it's really not practical in this situation because it's, it's expensive. Um, it takes time to create. If there are updates to the content, you know, it's difficult to bring in this person again to re-record updates. So we end up defaulting with like PDFs and, you know, maybe more traditional content modalities. But with this, you make easy updates. You can, you know, uh, pick the language as well. So they operate in several different languages. So if you're a global company with many different languages, you know, it's very easy for you to create multiple uh, versions of the same exact video in multiple languages. So, I mean, it's just so interesting and um, they allow you to do this kind of little free video. And I did that and I, I used an AI to introduce a presentation that I was doing to some fellow uh, learning and development folks. And, you know, before I, and it was a pretty cool presentation, what I was talking about mm-hmm. and I was excited to get to it, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta show up this AI thing. It's so cool. And everybody like after the AI introduction was like, Whoa, what, what, how is this possible? That was so amazing. You have to talk more about that. And they ended up being more interested in the AI thing that I, that I did than this really cool, you know, presentation on ROI that I had spent all this time on. And, you know, this AI video took like five minutes to put together. It was like super, it was like, it's only like nine seconds, but um, it was so simple and easy to do. So I, I highly recommend checking that out. It, it totally blew my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I don't remember exactly the name, but you know, this is their, um, I mean, they've been using it for so many different ways that there is this really famous Instagram um, influencer and uh, um, she has a lot of million followers and uh, ultimately she's an, she's just an AI or, you know, she's just yeah. a virtual character. And yep. uh, yeah, I mean, on a daily basis, she goes around, um, she goes to the mall, she goes to the beach, has um, <laughs> fun with her friends. And it's just completely virtual, something that somebody has created and uh, she's a big influencer ultimately. 
right? Things are changing so much. Right. It's so weird. And, you know, I think some people are dazzled by this and think it's really cool. And then other people are like, that's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think there's going to, as time goes on and we get more and more comfortable with the technology, I think there's, there's going to be far fewer people in the creepy category and more in the like, all right, like I get it. This is fine. It's just a computer. It's not a big deal, but uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yep. Oh yeah. I just remember the name. That's Michaela. That that's an yes. a little yes. Michaela. Oh man, right. yeah. I'm gonna look that up. I, I've heard about it, but I haven't done much exploring. Thanks for for mentioning that. Yeah, I mean, it'll come in that borderline creepy or excited. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And um, and uh, that brings me to the next question as well. Uh, future of work. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I know you want to talk more about this, but you know, what are those? Um, let's say technological additives to L&D that you're really rooting for? I, I already found uh, Synthesize. What else? What do you think uh, would be the future of L&D? Um, I mean, what does it look like? Oh, man. Oh, that, that's a loaded question, Gokul. Um, so anybody that knows, so future of work, right? Um, I have absolutely no idea what the future of work is going to look like other than we are going to be so... Like, um, there's this, uh, there's this quote out there. Let me get my thoughts together. There's this quote out there. That's like, every company is a technology company. And I don't remember who said it, but it, what it's essentially saying is whether you're in health insurance or medicine or, you know, any, any number of industries, you are actually in the technology industry because it is everywhere and it is everything. And, you know, if you're, if you're in the trucking industry, if you're in logistics, like it is the driver of our modern world. So you, mm-hmm. you better get used to it. And, you know, I, I hate to put it that way. <laughs> it sounds maybe more aggressive than it is. Um, but I, I really believe that that's true. And, and I think, you know, these past 18 months of the pandemic or so have really kind of proven that, um, you know, if you're not able to get down with technology, you are at a very serious handicap, you know, I, anybody that knows me knows that over this past year, I've really become super obsessed with targeted learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean by that is like, uh, I want to know enough about a person, about an associate. We often call them our learners, but really they're associates. They're, they're working at a job. They're not in school. They don't think that they're in school. They don't want to be in school. Most of them, um, they're just trying to get their job done. And my big dream is, can I learn enough about this person? Much like Google knows everything about you and me. Mm-hmm. Facebook <laughs> knows everything about you and me. Like yeah. it is what it is. Um, can I know enough about this person, about how their what their strengths are at their job, what their weaknesses are at their current job and their current role and deliver learning to them that is relevant and meaningful in that moment? That I think is is the future of work where you got to be really strong in your current role. You got to be used to technology. You got to be comfortable with learning digitally and you got to be comfortable with your, your learning companion or your learning experience knowing about you and knowing that, Hey, you know, you come from a customer service background. I'm not going to give you customer service content right now. You know, that stuff. What you don't know about is handling claims calls really well, right? In health insurance, we have, you know, claims that we deal with and you call in, you have a, question about a claim. And, you know, you want to talk to a rep that knows a thing or two about what's going on with you. So if, if I'm a customer service rep and I don't know much about that, I, I want to, 
I want to have a technology that, that gives me content, that knows that, gives me content and helps me level up so that I can do my job better and serve our customers better, um, get paid more, you know, get those bonuses because I'm meeting my metrics. So I'm totally obsessed with this idea of targeted learning and not only to, to, to support them in their current role, but also in their future role. Right. So I might be a rep, but I have big dreams to become a UX designer. Right. I want to get really I'm super interested in design and user experience. And, you know, right now I'm a rep, but I, I want to get into this other field. So I want my learning assistant. Right. To know that about me and to give me not only content that's relevant to my job now, but also relevant to my big goals and dreams. Um you know, and, and then have proof that, that I have leveled up and that I know enough. And I've, you know, maybe have some opportunities in other areas of the organization to, to kind of work on a project. Right. So, you know, there's so many benefits, not only to the learner, but then you have the business, you know, benefiting as well, because this learning technology is saying, Hey, you've got this rep sitting over here. That's got some really interesting UX skills. You should really put them on this project. And, you know, really allowing technology to connect those dots for people, um, not only the associate, but also the business. That's huge. And, you know, we're finally really starting to, to, to do some of that. I mean, the, it's happening all over the organization, but what we're doing, you know, especially is um, we're using this technology called M-Level, um, which was recently purchased by Exonify. So we're looking into maybe transitioning to the Exonify platform, which has a very similar kind of learning philosophy with, you know, this kind of targeted learning idea where it really knows who you are and, um, you know, delivers, you know, spaced and uh, repetitious learning to you to, you know, uh, see which questions you get right and wrong. And then it can deliver customized content based on that. Um, you know, and, and what we get to see now is this relevant, meaningful content coming to the learners, coming to the associates in little bite-sized chunks. Mm. Um, but then also on the back end, the business gets to see, okay, we see that Emily is, is fantastic at customer service. She gets high marks all around, but then when she's trying to answer questions about claims calls, she's really struggling. So, um, you know, and then we get to see that, okay, Exonify kind of steps in and says, here's some content for you to level you up. And now the business gets to see how Emily has grown based on this learning intervention, right? And this learning support. Um, and then you get to see those overall trends as a business and you get to see, okay, so there were a bunch of Emily's who all had the same issue. They were performing here at, at X point in, in May, 2020, and now it's May, 2021. And now they're, they've increased their knowledge and they're performing better. And I get to actually see that growth as a business. And I get to justify my investment because I'm seeing real time return on investment with these amazing graphs and, and seeing that growth get tracked. So it's an extraordinary platform and I, I can't wait to really um, do more with it. Um, but that's the philosophy behind it. And I really do think that that's the future is this sort of data foundation where, you know, we're, we're delivering that content to the learner that makes sense. And we're also being able to use that data to prove business impact to leadership in the business. So it's really exciting stuff and, and stuff I like to think about a lot. Yeah, and and I don't think it's it's not too far away, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, this might be a shameless plug, but I just wanted to mention that you know, with Whatfix, uh, we do some part of this as well because the contextual learning, making it completely customized for the learner mm. based on where they are within any application. 
Now that's very powerful. I mean, if they are there, instead of going for a Google and figuring out how to do a particular task on an application, uh, like you're talking about uh, the insurance space, particularly like, uh, you know, we work with a lot of um, claims, excellence folks, uh, maybe like on a Guidewire or Majesco or any of these applications. And generally these are heavy uh, applications, which, you know, difficult to understand, difficult to get trained on, and they need contextual help. And exactly the thing that you said, Emily, um, you know, how do we provide contextual help uh, to a person so that they can upskill consistently, uh, wherever they are, however they are going about their learning um, with whatever pace that they have? Yeah, go cool. That it's not a shameless plug. You should be plugging that everywhere you go. I love the technology that you guys have. This digital adoption platform thing, I think is so strong in learning principle. And I mean, it, it really is like having somebody right next to you who can walk you through technology, a, a software application, right? I would have loved to have somebody sit next to me the first time I got the iPhone and I didn't even know how to make a call. I would have loved embedded help, yeah. <laughs> you know, where I could just say, hey, how do I make a call? You know, ask the dumb questions to this technology. And it says, hey, this is how you do it. You know, what you guys are doing is so extraordinary and, and practical and solves so many issues that, you know, people have with using um, uh, new software and and the business challenges associated with it. I, I think it's it's extraordinary. Yeah, you, you just made the case for me. I mean, you just <laughs> <laughs> extended the plug for me. But yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Emily. <laughs> All right. Uh, Emily, I think there's a lot to talk, but, you know, uh, in the interest of time, let's come down to the end bit of the podcast. Uh, so that's a rapid fire. Right. A um, okay. few questions. It'll be much easier. Let's have some quick answers there. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So as a fellow podcaster and um, most importantly, one focused on L&D, what are your favorite podcasts? The best one out there is the Digital Adoption Show podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really is a great podcast. I, I, I can't recommend it enough, not just because I'm on it, but um, you've had a remarkable guest and amazing conversation. So I, I love this podcast. I really do. And it, I have subscribed and, and I will continue to listen. Um, the, uh, to branch out, um, Learning Tech Talks with Christopher Lind is an amazing L&D tech show. And uh, three quick plugs for podcasts that are uh, that I listen to regularly that are not L&D focused, but are around technology and about the future, which I love. Are There's three of them. There's uh, Gadget Lab, um, HBR's IdeaCast, and Future Tense. So highly recommend those three as well. Uh, you missed the L&D forecast. The L&D, yes. I, well, you know, I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> check it out. It's a good one. L&D forecast podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the second question, what is your learning philosophy? I mean, if you haven't thought about it, what, what do you think it would be? I have one. Mm -hmm. It's built around the learner, but for the business. And I'll expand a little bit on that. So, you know, we want to build learning for the learner. I think we have plenty of webinars and, and discussions around learner experience. Um, but what we don't talk enough about is the business experience. So are we creating learning that's relevant and meaningful to the learner? But are we also making sure that it's meeting real business needs at the, you know, the organizational level? Um, I think it's important to meet both. Yep. Interesting. All right. And uh, the last question for rapid fire, I'm not keeping it too long. Um, as a leader in the space, uh, I'm sure there's there are many people who you look up to. I mean, who are they? Yeah, first and foremost, this is a recent one for me, uh, a woman named Lena Nair. 
She is the CHRO of Unilever. I saw her speak at DeGreed's um, uh, little conference, Lens. virtual conference Lens. that they right. had. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that? That's Lens, Lens 2021. I yes, guess. that's it. That's it. Highly recommend it um, if you can attend. She gave a little talk. It was like 25 minutes. And I got to tell you, it. I, I wanted to vote for her for president. Like <laughs> she was just so articulate and so uh, like people focused, but smart. And you could just feel, um, her leadership in the air and just an extraordinary speaker. And she's got a lot of stuff on YouTube. She has her own podcast. Um, you know, does a lot on LinkedIn and stuff. So highly recommend checking out Lena Nair. Uh, I also love Christopher Lind. I mentioned his podcast earlier. I'm a total fangirl of his, um, and then I like this guy, J.D. Dillon from Exonify, who does a lot of webinars, a lot of content. He's a smart guy. And then the last one I'll shout out is my old boss, Nick Floro. He's mm-hmm. a brilliant genius. Um, the the president of, of Sealworks, um, he just he creates extraordinary learning experiences uh, for folks. Um, so he is always somebody that I will look up to. Awesome. I'm just going to put all those names in the transcript for the podcast on the website. So you can, Great. you guys can check it out there. Right. And the last question, um, this is something that we ask all the guests at the podcast. Um, what is the one word or phrase that comes to your mind when you talk, when you think about digital transformation and adoption? Data. Mm-hmm. Data is it. It is the foundation of the future. So data. Awesome. Yep. That's just perfect. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> um, Emily, we have come to the end of another episode of Digital Option Show. And, um, you know, once again, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, this was an amazing conversation. And I think, uh, you know, I could have spoken to you for hours longer, but uh, yeah, Same uh, here. Some, something that I'll remember for a long time for sure. Right. So thank um, you so much. <laughs> before we close, Emily, uh, it would be awesome if you could share uh, how people can reach out to you uh, and, and the podcast, where can they find it? Um, yeah, pretty much. How do they reach out to you? Sure. Uh, anybody, anytime, reach out on LinkedIn. That's the best place to get a hold of me. Um, LinkedIn, I, I think, I don't know, just search Emily Sheets, learning and development. I'll probably come up. Um, and then the LD forecast is really anywhere you listen to a podcast. You can just search on Apple Podcasts, search the LD forecast podcast. Um, it's on Spotify, it's uh, pretty much available anywhere. So, please check it out and do not really, I mean this, do not hesitate to reach out. I love talking about this stuff. I love meeting people in the industry. So um, please do uh, find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Awesome. Pleasure having you here. I'm really glad to host you um, on the Digital Adoption Show. And uh, thanks to everyone listening to the podcast and stay tuned to the Digital Adoption Show for more great content and some really incredible speakers, just like Emily. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, so that's a wrap. Uh-huh.